0: a difference
1: and it's different good did you just did you just is that the saying (laughs) no Did you say there's a difference in difference good (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh like i I think i meant to say
1: different the first time like it's different and different good like it's different (laughs) different good What up? Welcome to Better Coverage. Hold up! Wait a minute. I just woke up and pumped my body with uh, medicine on an empty stomach, so I'll either be fine this whole time or I'll go comatose. And just don't don't call anyone if I go silent. I'm fine. I probably just passed out or something.
0: Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, when you were like, "How do I sound?" I was thinking like sound quality. Sound quality,
1: great. Oh. The voice, not so good. Yeah, well, the iPhone. <laughs> I'm not questioning the iPhone's ability. I'm questioning my my voice's ability. What's uh you you got strangers WebEx in you?
0: Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah, so I mean, I know.
1: Are you on those people, chat those chat videos where you like tell people yeah. what to do?
0: <laughs> I mean, like. For
1: what? <laughs> uh, sexually.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I know that we've been trying to figure out, like, some basically better ways to have some connectivity for sound quality. Yep. Um, so, like, five minutes ago, I get a call from WebEx, in I didn't even know that could happen. I thought you had to dial into WebEx. Yeah. Um, and at first, I hung up. And then I was like, oh, shit, that's Morris probably," because um, it was, like, a random number. right? Um, and that was just, like, it's always, like, my instinct just to, like, hang up. And then I was like, oh, man, that was probably him. So I picked it up, and I jokingly, <laughs> <laughs> I jokingly, because I figured it was you, said, Kevin has joined the meeting <laughs> like, robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out nobody was on the other side.
1: No, um, someone was on the other side. They just f- got freaked out by that.
0: Yeah, most likely. So I stayed on for, like, a minute. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, he's pr- he's probably figuring out, like, the sound on his end. Um, and I could hear, like, a little bit of scramble. But, yeah, I mean, somebody's out there in the world just, you know, trying to, uh,
1: record random people, I guess. Nah, I think someone just stole all your information. Yeah, most likely. Hopefully. And then uh, the reason I'm sick, I think, is because Theo came to visit Chicago last week. Visits once, we watched the games together, we had one of the worst backdoor covers I've ever seen, and then uh, I got about like three hours of sleep before Sunday football because we had that 8.30 London game, and we were out pretty late, which all led to a very stressful morning. Couldn't get the cable to work, which was funny in the fact that I didn't know what to do. So I just kept like staring at the TV, and Theo just goes, "So your solution is just to wait," <laughs> <laughs> which, yes, one, two. I, I probably could have called someone, but eventually just had to hook up the, uh, the computers. So are you feeling okay? Uh, yeah, sure. Great. Why not? Some uh, housekeeping items. So the website is up and running, like we said last week. Our picks to date are sixteen and six. Yeah, nice. So that's basically just going to be us writing betting previews for one, important games, and then two, games that we're definitely betting on. So those important games might we might necessarily have a pick on, but we'll give you our leans. But 16 and 6 are the ones that we have official plays on. Uh, and then follow us on social, at Better Coverage, on Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And how this podcast has been working is... We each have an entry in the Super Contest, which is a contest in Vegas where you pick five games against a spread each week. In the NFL, Theo has an entry, I have an entry, and then on this podcast we'll go through each of the games and figure out uh, what our entry is going to be for our co-entry. And last week, do you want to give a recap of how we did? And the mistake they made.
0: It was an accident. There was no accident. It was murder. He's coming back. Yeah, so for week nine, not the greatest week. Um, so you went 2 two and one. Uh, so that puts you at 25, 19 and one, 57%. Uh, First 408th place, your wins being the Panthers and Eagles, losses being Jags and Colts, and then the push, which was absolutely terrible, uh, doing the Bucks. Uh, unfortunately given that game away so my entry it went 1-3-1 as well as our co-entry went 1-3-1 so that puts me at 23-21 for 806th place Um, the co-entry 24-19-2 at 522nd place as far
1: as my picks i took some square plays and as a result, I got some square results. Yeah, we really um, we really went after the square plays last week. That was a nice lesson, you know?
0: It, it sure was. And that was, like, the first thing that went through my mind when, um, I, specifically, the Packers and Patriots. The Packers were getting 81% of the action. The Patriots were getting 74% of the action. I have no problem taking the Patriots, so I... I, I do think it was probably an unnecessary risk um, versus a really hot team, but I don't have a regret on that pick specifically. I think the Packers was one I probably should have stayed away from. And I think it's just one of those um, games on the surface that just looks too good to be true. If, if that seems to be the case, um, it's usually not.
1: Yeah, and what um, I what I remembered after we had our call when I was looking more into that game is that this is what the chargers do every year. They start slow and then the second half of the season they just pick it up. But one thing that I've always heard is games like that you kind of play like like you would in blackjack with 16, you either hit every time or you hold every time because yeah. if you do the opposite then you're not going to get the percentage of winning like if you every time there's a 20% play where 20% of the money's on one only on one team, if you play that every time you're going to be profitable but if you start picking and choosing which time you want to bet on that team versus not, then then you're going to run into issues. So you either kind of like stay away from those or you bet on them.
0: Yep, I hear that. Uh, So the color tree is 2.5 behind. Your entry is 2 behind and mine is 3.5 behind. The amount that we're behind didn't change much. Um, But same thing, if we won, we wouldn't have necessarily jumped either uh, just because those picks were so
1: popular. Cool. Alright, soon to be sponsors, you want me, you ready for soon to be sponsor? Yeah. Podcast is fairly new, currently haven't reached out for any sponsors, so we're going to make our own until we have a plethora of sponsors coming at us asking to sponsor our show. I am doubling down this week on Sour Patch Kids, I know we probably shouldn't do this often, um, but... The difference here is I didn't know the variety of products that Sour Patch Kids now offers. I've had a numerous rants about the grocery store. Went again yesterday. Same thing happened. People were whispering, "Excuse me." Just, about sa- Sour Patch Kids. They were not whispering hey, about Sour Patch Kids. I they were Sour Patch Kids. no Sour Patch Kids were very loud and proud. Specifically, <laughs> they are now active in the Gogurt yogurt section, and they also have oh. a, they also have a cereal. The yeah, cereal. I am
0: not a yogurt person.
1: What about, I mean, you're probably a cereal person, but not Sour Patch Kids cereal, I would assume. Uh, it sounds like too much. <clears throat> so the funny thing about Sour Patch Kids cereal is the majority of the reviews are video reviews. That's how is ridiculous it, it is. That's the main thing is people, well, one, people eat it and say, the, the best reviews you get is they're not that bad, which isn't the best <laughs> review, Um. But a lot of people said, yeah, they're, that they're pretty sour, and that if you eat them without milk, they taste exactly like Sour Patch Kids. But when you put milk in them, it turns you into some yeah, weird, soggy mess. But what I want to focus on is the... Uh...
0: Sour milk is like exactly what you don't
1: want. Oh my god, you're right. So it's what... like spoiled milk. It's like spoiled milk, so that's what they're creating because like yeah. some some cereals make the milk absolutely delicious at the end. I mean to name a few Captain Crunch, Count yeah. Chocula, fruity pebbles, they should make pebbles. their own milk but gogurt, now that you said that, gogurt's just sour yogurt, which is what oh. I'm assuming some of these reviews are. I want to focus in on a, one specific review which the it's one out of five stars and the, the the headline is not sour in all caps. Numerous issues with this review. According to my four-year-old, this product isn't even sour. <laughs> so to start, according to your four-year-old, like you could try it too. Product specialist. And make sure that this this product is or is not sour. Then uh, he or she goes on. Buyer beware. He describes it as kind of sweet and is confused by the lack of being sour. Maybe back to the lab with this flavor mixture? question mark. So this person's assuming there's a lab that they're going to, which there might be. But instructing all these people, they need to get back in that lab to fix this. And then they put also, head to the BPA warning by the state of California. So they leave a cliffhanger there. They don't just state what that BPA (laughs) warning is. They are telling you to do additional work. And uh, what I'm assuming that is, is like, if you eat too much of this, you're going to be sick or something. But overall, that review, um, you know, you're the one that purchased the Go-Gurt for your kid of Sour Patch Kids so I don't think you should be leaving reviews. Maybe people should be re- leaving reviews of you because, you know, just give your kids some normal-ass, normal-ass yogurt. I, I was just like envisioning this parent in
0: like a white lab coat with like a notepad. Like, Timmy, what do you think? <laughs> it's too sour. <laughs>
1: Not sour enough. Back to the lab. <laughs> <laughs> and then quickly, I just want to shout out to Popeyes because they seem to be do, doing something right. Apparently they brought back a chicken sandwich and everyone's losing their mind. Did you hear what Deshaun Watson said? No, I, I mean, I know this is a thing, but
0: I went I went to Popeyes and had like the worst experience of my life a couple of years ago
1: yeah, to I'm... the point that
0: <laughs> I disposed of my food and went to Burger King.
1: Was the, the, the experience due to just the food or the service or the ambience? The food. The food. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I I guess I'll do it
0: but it was uneatable.
1: I mean, everyone's raving about it, but I'm not going to, I'm not rushing, or I I won't, I I think I have an idea of what it tastes like. I might be wrong, but Deshaun Watson, after the game in London got interviewed, and they were like, so, because his eye was messed up, you know, I think he got poked in the eye or something. Yeah. They were like, how were you able to perform with your eye so messed up? And he said, uh, because I ate a Popeye's chicken sandwich before the game so makes sense yeah I don't know if, I'm I'm assuming he's just getting paid but oh, yeah. he's claiming that a chicken sandwich fixed his eye so anyone with eye issues out there it's probably why you're listening can't see go to Popeyes maybe it'll help you
0: yeah I'll, I'll say I haven't tried the chicken sandwich so I'll give that a shot at some point my soon to be sponsor Fiji water I Ooh. I really do, I, I don't drink it often but yeah. every time I do I'm like I'm gonna be drinking more of this stuff like there's a difference, and it's different
1: good. Did you just, did you just, is that the saying?
0: <laughs> no,
1: did not Did you say is. there's a difference, in difference good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I think I meant to say different the first time. Like, it's different,
0: and different good. But I said difference, and then it. Just sounded like a weird slogan
1: because usually this I think Fiji water is marketed to like upper class, and you just did the opposite. <laughs> You're like, it's different, <laughs> different, good. <laughs> I mean, I would say like,
0: I probably have it like once every couple months, and I'm always like, this stuff's great, right? But, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I can't be afforded to drink it on
1: the reg. because the, the main things I know about Fiji is that the, it's very smooth, it almost tastes too smooth to me. But the other thing is that yeah, it I don't like my water to be too smooth. I like a little roughness to it. Get it straight from like Michigan, pump it into my veins. Yeah, like springs water. Yeah, sure. Something you've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is that the reason I don't appreciate Fiji is because they've saturated the I think club market, and it seems like whenever a basketball, football, sports, sporting team goes out. And has some wild night where everyone gets in trouble on social media. There's yeah, always a picture of the bill, and it's like 80, 75 80 drinks and seventy five Fijis, and the Fijis are selling for like twenty five bucks a pop. Yeah, at least they're hydrating out there. Yeah, so maybe I do appreciate Fiji, but like you, athletes seem to have a taste for it. Red Zone rant. Why don't you? Why don't you continue?
0: You know what really grinds my gears. Uh my rent is with Starbucks. Okay. These guys are these guys are pumping some terrible music nonstop. (laughs) And I went to Starbucks on two different occasions to basically get some work done, make a couple phone calls, and it is obnoxiously loud. And I looked around the Starbucks and basically there were like ten people Either like a mix of like younger adults studying for like whatever class or people like trying to pump out some work, and every single person had headphones in. Like, I I get they're trying to create an atmosphere, but so many people are just going there legitimately to basically use the Wi Fi and get some work done. Um, and they're just like trying to pet that place too much. Yeah, make it a library.
1: Did you not want to put headphones in, or you're saying that...
0: I did put headphones in, but if you you try to take, like, any phone call, impossible.
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe they should make little rooms, like call rooms. I bet people would stay there longer.
0: They should do that, but people might also, like, try to, like, live in there. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you that They do need, like, phone booths.
1: Man lives in Starbucks' phone booth for 15 years. What music were they playing? Do you remember?
0: I don't, but it was it, that, that's the other like question mark. Is it? I was curious about it. Like, is this like a a corporate rotational soundtrack, or is it like location by location? Um, but it's basically like you know like new classic pop hits.
1: Yeah, I think um, their their whole music selection is based on taking the least risk possible, but a little risk it's like we're gonna not play top 40 music but we're gonna play the number one hit of the like jam that's going on right now
0: yeah i i, I also note, sat next to you in interview
1: for adrian, adrian which, peterson <laughs> wait you were listening I, to an interview
0: it, it, they literally sat next to the table next to me which nice. i was like that seems weird but okay that.
1: uh so you listened I, in right
0: Yeah, I immediately paused my headphones because I was like, yeah, I have to hear this. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole time, I was thinking, man, like this could be the next Super Contest winner. Um, Because that that winner, like two, three years ago, was a Starbucks barista. And I was like, man, I should just apply for this job and (laughs) come out with 1.4 mil.
1: You should just walk by when you left, pat him on the shoulder, be like, you got a future, kid. Anything else there? No, that's it. Mine's pretty quick. I got, I don't know if you saw this. Well, you were at my house, but we had a lot of stuff going on. My red zone rant is Jamal Williams on the Packers scored a touchdown to make the game 26-9 to with six minutes left in the game. And after the touchdown, he decided to do like a dance that he had planned out. Yeah. So I just want the thinking there. You're losing by a lot, you're gonna lose the game and you decide to bust out a dance that you've been working on. The response of yeah, everyone has it. to be as including his teammates, like one, the dance wasn't that cool. so maybe just trash it in general. Two, if even if you plan to dance, you're down this much, you're not gonna win, you're making everyone look stupid. Just hand the ball to the ref, go back to the bench, drink some water or deny the water like they always do when the guys like want water they're like no water no water cuz i don't think anyone drinks water during the game but just don't dance when you're down that that much which which also brings me to a similar rant which is when this kid in soccer just checked me he was being aggressive the whole game and we were winning so you could tell he was angry so he checked me and then the next play like i kind of pushed him a little bit just cuz you know i was angry And then he hit me with one of those, dude, calm down, it's for charity. And I was like, man, you are, it's like, it made me so, like, I didn't know what to do. Because I think he was serious. I think he actually thought I was the one in the wrong. I was like, you just checked me as hard as you could. I gave you a little love tap, and now you're you're losing your mind. And that led to, I don't know, now a week almost of me being in pain. So... (laughs) Everyone just chill out on the football field, especially football, soccer, and you know, futsal. Just if you're losing, calm down and don't dance or check anyone. Everything will be fine. Yeah. I'm with you on that
0: one. I, I'm a fan of the celebrations. But oh
1: yeah, not in,
0: not in those scenarios.
1: For sure. Just like anything else. No,
0: oh, let's, let's get rid of last week and
1: move on. Let's do it. How you feeling about week ten? Feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, reminder that there's six teams on by, so the slate isn't so it's smaller. It's not not as many games to choose from. I have I think three I definitely like, and then a number of leans, which is different. Last week I had I think I had like eight or nine. I just really liked. You talked me off a few, but this week not as bad as two weeks ago when I was indecisive on everything. I have three I like, and then there's a few. I, I just want to definitely hear where you're leaning before I grab a pick here. Yeah, I,
0: I, I would say there's like two big call-outs for me uh, heading into week time. One of them you spoke to, which is basically like learning your lesson on um, backing teams that are um, completely lopsided as far as uh, public backing percentages, And then um, just a the notion that This could be a very big week. Um, As you stated, just having those six teams on by, meaning a lot less games to pick from, meaning if you do well this week, you're probably going to jump quite a bit. Um, So I'm feeling good about it.
1: I I got some games circled for sure. Yeah, and just for anyone listening new to betting or this podcast, what we're talking about here is if a team is getting 30% usually or less of the money, and that typically means they're underdogs. Historically, you're getting value there. It means that you're probably getting more points than you should be. So a team should be like plus seven, but because there's so much money from the public on the other side, you you can be getting like plus 10, which is like three points of value. So historically, if you bet on those teams every time it's proven to be profitable, it doesn't mean you should do it every time. But the name of the game in sports betting is, is looking for value and seeing where you can put your money to have the best chance to win. So while it might not be fun to bet on some of these shitty teams, historically they're, they're able to, to keep it close. And just think about the team they're playing will not be as motivated to show up for that game, maybe trying to stay healthy, calling an easier uh, game plan in general. So just something to look out for when you're you're placing bets. All right. Chargers Raiders. Wow. Chargers Raiders. Thursday night, the Raiders are plus 1.5 at home. I got battle of punchable faces. I think Rivers and Gruden overall oh, yeah. have two of the most punchable faces in the NFL. Rivers specifically just needs to calm down on the field. He just He's like crying every play. I also feel like every Chargers game is ending with – I kind of do feel bad for him ending with him on the field. No, not him on the field. Him on the sidelines as he's watching his team, his defense, just like – give up a final drive. Helmet kind of on his head. Yes. Like some of yep. it off. Yeah, exactly. I, I can see it. Over-unders 49. Money's about split 52% on the Raiders. Uh, nothing significant with against the spread here. Both are pretty similar and also similar and straight up. Raiders are four and four. Chargers are four and five straight up. Chargers showed up versus the Packers. They won 26-11. Not much happened to that game except for the fact that River finally got some time from his offensive line. Rivers was 21 for 28. Melvin Gordon scored twice. So I think the Chargers, like I said at the beginning of this, they're just getting healthy. They start slow every year. Melvin's finally back. They got a new offensive coordinator. Their offensive line's giving Rivers time. And then they had a number of like new players on the defense that I think are just kind of now finally getting in the groove with their their coach and the the system that they're using. So let's just keep an eye, I think, on the Chargers, see how they do this game. The Raiders beat the Lions in a shootout after close losses to the Packers and Texans. We should talk about that timeout they called against the Lions with four seconds left that gave Lions time to regroup. So you could look at that a few ways. One, it gave the Lions time to regroup, but it also gave, I guess, the Raiders time to figure out when they call on defense. But I would assume if you're a Lions fan, you were happy to see that timeout, right?
0: Oh, 100%. Like, uh, I... Do not understand it. Um,
1: you could even see Gruden was like, what did I just do? Unless someone else called it.
0: So, one of the players called it. Got but it. I couldn't tell who did. Like, you could tell he was pissed as well. Um, but that's, that's like a situation where you, you just have to roll with it. Like, I understand, like, sure, it could give you time to prepare, but it's... It, it's one of those situations where like you want the most pressure on them in that situation possible. And you basically just like bail them out to drop a play or, you know, basically like some play that they've literally been working on since preseason
1: that they haven't brought out yet. Like just do not give them that opportunity. I think both these teams are, are very similar to me and each of their strengths is the other team's weakness. So it's hard for me to pick a side here. The Raiders, are allowing the most passing yards per game, so Rivers will likely chuck the ball all over this game. The, the Chargers are have a 20th-ranked rush defense, and then the other side, Oakland has uh, Jacobs, who's rushed for 120 yards or more in, in three of the past four games. Oakland, 6-1 against the spread in their last six home games, but then again, Chargers are better on the road. And then, like I said, I could see this being a shootout, but the total has gone under in seven of the Chargers' last eight games plus this divisional matchup, which seemed to be lower scoring in general. So each time I looked at this, I saw a, a reason to bet one team or the other. So I couldn't couldn't really figure out who to pick here. Lean the Chargers, but I don't like in general these Thursday night games.
0: Yeah, first when I started looking at this, I was like, man, am I, am I a believer in the Raiders? Mm. Um, and the more I looked into it, I was like, wait, not even close. Um, so yes, they're 4-4 four four at this point, but, um, they beat the Broncos, Colts, Bears, and Lions, um, so yes, there's some significance in there, but the more and more I looked into it, the more I disliked it, um, especially with the defense giving up 390 yards per game, um, 27 points per game, which yeah. is just crazy
1: high, um. I, I think both of those are towards, like, basically end of all yeah. NFL teams. Basically. They're giving up the most passing yards per game in the NFL. Most passing yards? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, the more I looked into it, I was like, I can't even understand how they've won four games. Um, so I sold myself off of it. That, that's not to say that um, to flip and take the Chargers, but this is just not a good
1: spot for me out I guess I would lean the Raiders just like statistically, um, but I don't, I don't like this game. Yeah, I also just want to I want to use this game to figure out who both these teams are. But then again, it's Thursday night, short week, so who knows how much we'll learn. Ravens, Bengals. Bengals are plus 10 at home. Over under here is 44.5. This is one of those 80-20 rules or, or 30-70s where 70-80%, it's 75% right now, of the money's on the Ravens. The Ravens are... Th- against the spread, but 6-2 straight up. Bengals also 3-5 against the spread. 0-8 straight up, still looking for that first win. This is your classic letdown flat spot for the Ravens. They cover in an absolutely massive game against the Patriots. Now they're playing the Bengals, who are 0-8. And they have the Texans coming up next. Cincinnati's coming off a bye, so they had time to get healthy. They were decimated with injuries. Uh, Specifically, A.J. Green's coming back. A.J. Green is just one of those guys who, in games against the Ravens, just absolutely destroys them every time. It's like I could just see him getting like three or four touchdowns. The problem is that they have Ryan Finley in as quarterback, so we have no idea how he's going to perform. But what we've seen in the NFL so far is that these new quarterbacks have come in, and for whatever reason, like their first one or two games have performed well and then kind of fell off. So maybe like teams are taking a while to get used to how they play their defense is going to get healthier it's a divisional matchup and the Bengals always play the ravens great let's not forget that only a few weeks ago in week six the ravens beat the Bengals, but only by six points i think it was 23 17 and the Bengals covered six of their last seven at home versus the ravens and they're 4-0 against the spread in their last four meetings overall theo this to you is just like are you willing to Put your money on someone like the Bengals. I know you don't like to go against a team that's in the bottom of the league, but for me here, I just think there's too much value. And another stat that I'm going to say one more time, I'm going to keep saying it, teams now are 1-6 against the spread after playing the Patriots. Obviously, the Ravens are a team that are coming off that big win. So for me, this is an autoplay with the Ravens being the the definition of a flat spot, Bengals only getting 25% of the money, getting points at home, new quarterbacks, so or maybe even getting extra value there, and A.J. Greenback, and a team that always plays the uh, well in a divisional matchup. So I'm going to take the Bengals.
0: I could be convinced for the co-entry. I, I agree with everything you said. It's just the unknown against the hot hand. Is, it, it comes down to the same question you asked. Like, is this something you want to do? Um, I could be convinced. I, I think for my plays there's probably some other ones that i prefer um but i I could definitely put this in the in the categories of possibility
1: yeah for me there's like four other games that kind of fell almost in the same light as this where it's like god i gotta cover i gotta back a really bad team and this one just made the most sense to me the one i'm most confident in picking uh lions bears battle of oz just missing a tiger there for the oh my bears are minus 2.5 at home over/unders forty-one and a 62 percent of the money's on the Lions. Like, geez, how times have changed. We got a Lions Bears game, and the majority of the money's on the Lions away. Uh, the Lions are four and four against the spread, three and three straight up. Bears are two and six against the spread, three and four straight up. Just a desperate divisional matchup. Both teams need this win. Well, let's just talk about the Bears really quick. The Mitch at the beginning of that game last week. Missed some literal wide-open receivers, especially in the first few drives that could have extended the drive. What all those missed throws and just terrible offense led to was one total yard at halftime, which is one more yard than I had sitting on the couch. And then the second half, they started clicking, which was funny because we were both in the kitchen randomly filling up water, cracking a beer, I don't remember what. And I was just like, this is worst-case scenario because the Bears are going to lose – but also start doing good in the second half. So it's going to be one of those things where Nagy and the team's going to be like, look, we, we had some positive progress in the second half. Um, So overall, just, just worst case scenario for the bears. And they're just in a whole heap of trouble. And then going on with the Wizard of Oz theme, I think Nagy's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, the actual Oz, because he's like pulling levers and doing things where you're, you're not even sure what's going on in the game, but and you th- might think he's better than he is because he's got all these crazy plays going, but they're getting one yard at, at at halftime. So let's figure something out here.
0: This is going to be an unpopular pick, um, but I'm going to take the Bears in this spot. Um, and I'm basically doing so for... Kind of the reasons of basically everybody is going to look at this game on the surface, I think how in the world are the Bears favored here. And I honestly just can't see how their struggles are sustainable. Um, I, I agree with you. It has certainly not been pretty. Um, and as far as like trends goes, as far as wins and losses, and especially. You know, whether it be straight up or against the spread, uh, these are trends that usually get flipped, um, and I just think it's the week for that. I, I, I think in these spots, um, too many wrongs make a right. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, my only issue with the wrongs there is lines have dominated this matchup. I know it's it's new teams, but winning nine of the last twelve straight up, and then I'm just struggling with. Stafford's having a career year throwing, I think he has 312 passing yards per game. Yep. Um, but the the thing with the Lions is they have a no-running game, and their defense is, is terrible. So if they make this a shootout, I was looking at it similar to the Raiders-Bears game, where the Lions try to turn it into a shootout and the Bears just can't keep up. If I'm looking at how the Bears win this game, maybe it's because like the defense just has, has been deflated, and you can't trust them to just do everything, so it's like they almost lose their steam because I think they're probably losing motivation in these games. So if the Bears can actually put up some points against the Lions, then maybe the Bears' defense gets fired up at home, and they're like, "Look, oh, finally, you guys are putting up points! Like, don't feel like we're just going out there for nothing." So that's a that's a way I could see the Bears winning. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I definitely think it's
0: a risky pick, but. Um... Also, I think it's going to be one that's probably going to be decided in the first quarter. Um, that basically, if the Bears do have success in the first quarter, um, that's pretty much the only way they're going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, is basically getting off to a hot start. Um, so yeah, it's risky, but I'm, I'm sticking with it.
1: Yeah, I either think it's a Bears win or it's a it's a, bru- a loss that's so brutal that Mitch gets like booed off the field and pulled. I think those are the only two options.
0: That is very possible on the first series, maybe not the third part, but it
1: will absolutely get booed if we go three and out. on for sure. The and then overall, I, I think just I think there's a lot of value here in the over, only being 41 and a half. Just the fact that how bad the Lions' secondary is, if the Bears can just put up some points, like I think the Lions are just they have no running game, so they're just gonna try to chuck the ball. So I think I think there's a lot of value here with 41 and a half. Chiefs, Titans, Titans plus three and a half at home. Over under here is forty seven and a half. Only twenty five percent of the money is on the Titans. Uh Not surprising. Yeah, I guess question marks for the Chiefs, Mahomes, and offensive line uh, injuries. Do we have any update on Mahomes? I'm assuming they just won't tell us until until game time. Yeah, pretty
0: much. Um,
1: I think they'll play. We'll see. Yeah, the line would be around seven. Uh, Chiefs minus 7 if Mahomes was in, but we won't know how injured he really is. This is a great spot for the Titans. They're coming home after not covering versus the Panthers against a Chiefs team that's going away who just covered against the Vikings. Also playing a team that struggles against the run, and that's something that the Titans like to establish, and their defense has overall just been playing way above expectations. I feel like every time I look at their game, it's like 7-0 or something at halftime. And the Chiefs have looked good with Matt Moore, at least serviceable. He was twenty-four of thirty-six for two hundred fifty-seven yards against the Packers, and then had two hundred seventy-five yards against the Vikings. Their defense has stepped up overall. Just too many question marks in this game. I don't. I need more more answers before I pick a side. But I think the total of forty-seven and a half just seems way too high. I like the under here, even from Mahomes' play plays. I think they'll he'll be pretty limited and. I see both teams just trying to establish the run in the first half, so I like the under.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's just too many question marks in this game for me. I, I would lean towards the Chiefs, but um, I, I think there's just a lot better spots. And this is a situation where it's just um, too risky
1: without enough information, basically. Cool. Cardinals Buccaneers, Battle of Lost Treasure. Because. You know, you got the Buccaneers. They'll be in Tampa Bay. And both these teams just find a way to get in their own way and do a good job of finding how to lose, finding a way to lose. Kyler Murray just fumbles the ball randomly. The Cardinals' defense is awful. Winston turns the ball over like 100 times. Not only turnovers, but like throwing it backwards with an open hand so that the other team can pick it up and run it into the end zone. And we haven't touched on the backdoor cover yet. One of the worst situations. I I said last week how all my games either go as they should or I get backdoor covered. So frustrating to see another one. The Seahawks missed a 40-yard field goal. And then anytime that happens, they always just, I was like, yeah, they're going to win, definitely going to win the the coin toss. And then after the first one or two plays, I was like, yeah, we're probably going to lose this one. Do you remember when I pointed
0: out, um, Jameis squinting from
1: the sideline. Yeah. And you were needs- like,
0: yeah, not what you want to see from your
1: quarterback. He's probably looking um, at the scoreboard I, like, what? What's going on here?
0: I mean, I don't know what's going on with that, but get some goddamn context. I mean, maybe that's why he's leading the league in picks.
1: I guess if the quarterback's yeah. squinting, that's not a good sign for your team. Exactly. You can't even see who he's throwing the ball to. That's why it's going backwards.
0: And that is definitely not the first time it's happened. Like, there, there are plenty of Jameis squinting memes out there. This is a messy game to me. I could see it going either way. I, I don't have a strong feeling towards it. I would uh, lean towards the Bucks, I suppose, but I would not feel good about it. Um, the Bucks defense is giving up 32 points a game, which is like the big hesitation for me. Um, I, I, I feel like we've flipped back
1: and forth. On the Cardinals. On Kyler and the Cardinals, like, yep. seriously, every single week, uh, which just speaks to you inconsistency and, um, and unnecessary risk. So I'm just going to stay away from this game. Yeah, I'd lean Cardinals just give me the points in this game because it seems like a coin flip to me. But I'm going to yep. bet the over here. Both teams are near the bottom and passing yards allowed. Neither teams have a strong running game, so both going to try to pass the ball. And then we've talked about turnover, so just that in play as well. If there's a few of them, will lead to more points, especially if it's at one end of the field. And the total has gone over in each of the Buccaneers' last six games. So I'm going to house the over here as well. I like a lot of totals this week. All right. Falcon Saints over-unders 51, action 70%. on The Saints actually saw a little bit more recently, like 75%. This is your classic spot that, Theo, you like to go on the other side in terms yep. of lopsided records, Saints are six and two against the spread. Falcons two and six against the spread. Exact opposite in straight up as well. Saints seven and one. Falcons one and seven. Both teams are coming off a bye. Both have had QB issues. It looks like Matt Ryan is coming back. Is that confirmed? Yep. So, I mean, it's like
0: ninety-five percent.
1: Cool. Saints looked even better with Breeze back. They uh, before their bye, one thirty-one nine versus the Cardinals. And they've won six straight. The Falcons have looked awful with or without Ryan. Ryan hasn't been the issue. He has 310 passing yards per game. Falcons' D has just been awful. They're 30th in the league in points allowed. Saints are getting healthy off the bye. Might have Kamara back. Uh, And then just statistically, they've covered the last three against the spread versus the Falcons. Falcons are 0-5 against the spread in their last five road games. Saints are 7-3 against the spread in their last 10 versus divisional opponents. And then Sean Payton, we talked about what do we like to do with teams off the bye. I I just like to look at situationally and coach by coach. Sean Payton's 10-6 and coming off a bye, and of those, he's 9-1 and against the spread in his last 10. So just completely lopsided across the board. Uh, Regardless, it's a divisional matchup, and Matt Ryan, it's scary for 13 to give him that many points. But this team, I don't know, am I just looking at the Falcons and just am I unable to... To accept how bad they are, I don't know. I lean the Saints here, I, but this is one of those games that I can't play. I don't think based on everything we've been saying, and uh, I don't know. I have a feeling like you're you're leaning leaning Falcons, but let me hear it. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you nailed it. Um, so I, I will definitely be taking the Falcons here. A lot of the points you already. Made, which is basically the lopsided record effect uh, mixed with a huge percentage of public backing around 70% on the Saints, which basically says there is too many points given to the Falcons here. Um, I think uh, 13 also presents like somewhat of a trap for the public. We're like, oh, well, it's not 14, Uh, (laughs) which is kind of. I mean, it is. It's, it's like things being priced $9.99. Um, it, it, it has that same effect 100%, um, where you know if it was 14, there would be a lot more hesitation. Uh, but being at 13, people just uh, perceptionally feel a lot more comfortable taking it. Um, and I think that's why there's so much action on the public, which just presents too much value on the Falcons here. Um, Matt Ryan's been thrown all over the field. Um, he's coming back, and this is just too many points in a, in a uh, divisional matchup for me.
1: Yeah, there there, do, there does seem to see there's does there does seem to be like one game a year where you're watched. Like I remember I was at like a Bears game, and I just looked at the TV, and I was like, the Saints are losing to the Bucks at home, and it was like the yeah. Bucks were at that time like two and eight or something. There does seem to be one or two games that the Saints just don't get up for, so maybe this is it. I'm probably staying away because of just all those historical numbers I said, and I've just gotten burned on betting against Sean Payton, so I'm just going to hold on this and see who the Falcons really are.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as historicals, so their last five meetings, Falcons lost by 14, Falcons lost by 6, Falcons lost by 10, Falcons one by three and Falcons one by six. Um, obviously, these are different teams dating back to 2017. Um,
1: That's a good point. Different teams, different spreads. But your point is that they're not they're not getting blown out. The point is, thirteen points is a whole lot in the NFL,
0: um, and we've seen it pretty consistently throughout the season, where these double digit spreads are just incredibly difficult to cover. And I do feel as if that 13 number is pretty indicating as well, where they're basically asking people to take that.
1: Right. Cool, we'll table that one. (coughs) Cool. Yeah, added that up. That's how I feel about Bills-Browns too. Yeah, makes me sick. God damn it. (laughs) Maybe I won't edit that out. Buffalo Bills, Browns, Baker, Beckham, Brown, Beasley, Bashful Battling bashfully battling. I almost got it. Damn it. Over under here is 40. Actions about 70-80% of the money coming in on the Bills. The Bills are 5 and 3 against the spread, 6 and 2 straight up. Browns 2 and 6 against the spread and straight up. The Browns are a mess. The Bills are good, but their opponents overall have a combined record of 22 and 47 and of the teams they've beaten, those teams record is 9 and 43. So yes, they're 6 and 2 straight up, but they haven't really played anyone and we saw that come to light similar to the Patriots where we were kind of giving the Patriots a pass. Yes, they haven't played anyone, but they're like performing really well and doing so good defensively, but now it's like playing real opponents, how good are they really? But then you got the Browns who are a team that just can't get out of their own way. I think they lead the league in penalties. They just ran like they beat the Ravens but then they lost to the Titans by 30. They outgained Denver 351-302, to but then lost the game versus a backup quarterback. And the Bills just covered against the Redskins, but the Browns just lost, like I said, to the Brandon Allen-led Broncos. Both teams have great running games. Nick Chubb for the Browns, and uh, I believe, what's his name, He's coming back, Kareem Hunt. So I think both teams probably establish a running game. Uh, If I'm I'm looking at this game, I think it's a good time to fade the public. The public's all over the Bills here. Like I said, I don't know how good they really are. This is a nice get-right spot for the Browns. If they're going to win a game, it was probably last week, but they didn't do it, so they definitely need this one. The Bills allowed 101 yards in the first half to Adrian Peterson, so Chubb and Kareem Hunt could possibly run all over them. But do I want to back Cleveland? that's my question to you theo and historically the bills are 3 and 0 against the spread and straight up on the road so far this season while the browns are 0 and 3 against the spread at home and then the browns are 2 and 9 against the spread in their last 11 games as home favorite just really weird this a team that is 2 and 6 against a team that's 6 and 2 is favored at home uh, but then again the 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 public's all over the bills and i'm not sure how good they really are
0: Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Browns for sure here. This is a very similar situation to the Bears, um, where I basically don't see how the failure is sustainable. um, After dropping, uh, I I think, four games in a row. Um, And we've spoken to it before, but the Bills wins have not been impressive. And that is the same thing as far as last week. and, And not so much... Like the quality of play, but the quality of teams that they have played, um, they've miraculously had the best poss- possible schedule through eight games. Where basically the only te- two good teams they've played, the Eagles and the Pats, they've lost. Um, so I still feel as if um, this team is a lot worse than their record indicates, and this just has like all the making statistically for like a, a perfect rounds cover for me. Um, where there's the lopsided record effect. There's way too much public action coming in on the Bills. Um, it, it seems like a train wreck as far as the Browns, um, and I think this is where
1: they kind of like to ship a little bit. Giants-Jets. Jets plus 2.5 at home. I got Battle in the Clouds. Pretty obvious. Both are very high up in the air. Over-under is 43.5. Action is uh, only 30% of the money on the Jets. Theo, is this one of those games where you're going to tell me you have to be an absolute psycho to bet on this?
0: Um, no, because I'm going to be a psycho. <laughs> All right.
1: So, okay, <laughs> so I'm not going to. Let, let, let Just hold there. Giants are 2-7 and seven straight up. Jets are 1-7 and seven straight up. Both pretty bad against the spread. Jets 2-6. and six, Giants 3-6. and six. Giants lose. In, I'm going to try to figure out who you're betting on here. Giants lost to the Cowboys... <laughs> But they mainly lost, I think, because of that black cat that was running on the field.
0: And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive. But he didn't know where to go. Look at, they're trying to corner him. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line.
1: Now it goes back on the field again.
0: Do you have a favorite yeah,
1: Do you have a favorite animal in sports situation? um you,
0: as as far as what as far as do you need me to guy, explain as
1: as... no real life animals in okay. games do you want me to start while you think about it yeah do you remember when Randy Johnson killed a bird oh yeah he that yeah. I don't think we talked about let's, that let's enough go. if let's you go. haven't seen it uh I would say watch it probably just you know depends on your thoughts on birds getting killed if you're fine watching it he throws as we all know who randy johnson is he throws a like 101 mile per hour fastball a bird flies through the middle of the plate and it hits it square on and there's a big explosion anyway um there's dog days at ballparks i like those took my dogs a bunch i think there was a, a bunch of squirrel situations there's been some some pigeons uh bees bees in baseball fields any anything
0: Um, yeah, actually, now that you say it, and I
1: honestly had to look up his name, because I was like, I don't even know his name. Um, but this was about two years ago, Cody Gribble. Cody uh, Gribble? Gribbles and bits? I know. Exactly. Wow. Um, but this was at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, (laughs) and there's a a massive alligator on the green. This is Happy Gilmore
0: right and he casually walks up to it and
1: like pinches its tail tail, (laughs) and it like jumps
0: back into the water and like he acts like nothing
1: happened he's a psychopath yeah his name's gribble he's probably from bama and he doesn't he just he toys with gators all day was he a good golfer is he on the tour still
0: Uh, I doubt it, but, I mean, you can tell, like, everybody else is like, well, golf is canceled for the next hour because there's a fucking gator.
1: He's like, no. And he's
0: like, no, I'm good. Like, (laughs) just casually, like, strolling up to it.
1: Right. Giants beat the Bucks and Redskins and then uh, have gone 0-5 straight up and 1-4 against the spread since. Their defense has looked awful, allowing 32 points per game in that stretch that I just talked about. Their offense has shown glimpses of hope. The Jets, on the other hand, are just an absolute mess. Who knows where their motivation is. Adam Gase is an, just an awful head coach. Do you remember his press conference when he got into the league where he looked like a psychopath? Sort of. Dude, come on. He, it's where his eyes looked crazy, and he was just, like, staring into the camera oh, like a yeah. psycho. Now I do it. Now I do it. Yeah, right when he, that press conference, I was like, the Jets are in trouble, and so is his family and whoever he knows. Uh, they're Quarterback, the Jets are just seeing ghosts. Giants have won five of the last six versus the Jets. Le'Veon Bell's questionable. I don't know if I can trust either team. This is weird. Where like I feel like there's a right side here. I kind of want to bet on this game. I just don't know which side it is. The Jets are a mess, but like getting two and a half at home, only thirty percent of the money. Uh, I guess the Giants just. Played the Cowboys, so I maybe mean, this is a letdown spot. I don't know. What are you seeing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I was like, I want to see this Adam Gase press conference. Um, so I went to type his name into Google, and the second thing that so in order, <laughs> when you type in Adam Gase, it says Adam Gase stats, Adam Gase eyes. Um, so. <laughs> So that's that's uh, kind of deterring me from my pick now, but <laughs> um, I'm gonna take the jets here and um, yeah, maybe it is a lunatic play. Um, but for the, <laughs> for the fact that um, there are small home do- small um, home dogs here, um, it's a very low total. And they're getting a very small percentage of action. Um, just all points to additional value for me. Um, the fact that they're getting points is honestly a little bit surprising for me. I thought that this would probably be three points the other way, and they would be, like, minus one in I'd, this spot. Yeah, I'd totally agree with uh, that. I, I do think that, you know, this is, again, probably... A riskier play, but um, it just presents too much value for me.
1: Yeah, I think looking at this, like you were talking about $9.99 in that 13 line, I think Vegas could have opened this at Jets minus one, minus two, but they're probably like, if if we open Giants as a favorite, we'll get more money on the Giants So because people see they're just more likely to bet on the favorites, which is basically telling us that the Jets is the right side here. And uh, Vegas wanted more money on the Jets, or on the Giants, so that they could, you know, Vegas is in the business of making money, so. That's right. So if I'm looking just for value, and historically speaking, and, like, system plays, Jets is definitely the play, so I'm down. I'm down with Jets. All right. Over here, too, I think both have struggling defenses, and this could be a chance for both teams to, like, start clicking, or in their minds. Start clicking. So I I like the over here too. Dolphins, Colts. These two animals combined would be a seahorse. That's just a statement. The over under here is 44. The action split 50-50. The Dolphins are coming off their first win. So they're not purposely tanking. But if they were, then maybe they're like, let's win one game. And then, you know, let's kind of shut the systems down. They're one and seven straight up, but they are four and four against the spread. I think they've covered like either their last three or their last four. The Colts are four and three against the spread, five and three straight up. Let's so remember that the Colts are their quarterback now is Brian Hoyer instead of Jacoby Brissett. I was reading that the game would be around 13 or 14 if Brissett was in the game, but for me it's like, I don't know, is is Hoyer that big of a difference? Is it is he worth a three or four point spread over over brissette i'm not sure why is Vinatari still in this what's that
0: it is very it is very likely that brissette's gonna play oh really
1: yeah so it it, it was determined in MCL spring,
0: which definitely does not sound good um but it sounds like he's already been practicing this week um it seems very likely that he'll play um one thing that you pointed out um which I think is just really important, especially because um, I've just continued to stress the lopsided record effects and things like that. So you mentioned that the Dolphins have now covered three games in a row, which means they were once one and four against the spread. So that's why I put so much value into the lopsided record effect, Um, because in these scenarios, whether it's straight up or against the spread, um, those records typically um, write themselves positively. Um, and these trends are definitely not surprising to me. Um, so that's why I do put so much value into it. Um, and, and why I do um, basically look at that on the surface as like one of the very first things evaluated in
1: the games. Word. Looking at what team to bet on here, the letdown spot for the Dolphins just coming off their, their first big win. Their first win. And the Colts have... The problem is the Colts have only beaten teams. The wins that they've had have been by two, three, six, seven, and two, and the Dolphins are four and sixteen against the spread in their last twenty games on the road versus teams with a winning record. So I probably lean Dolphins here. Don't have a big play. I like the under. I see the Colts running the ball with Marlon Mack against a weak Miami defense, allowing one hundred fifty plus rushing yards per game. Uh, where's your head at? I, I don't know if you can hear my dog crying, but I think it's because. I think it's because I'm talking about the Dolphins, but go ahead. Yeah,
0: I, I lean the Dolphins. I think it's just too many points. Um, the defense is a mess there, and that's the scary part about it. Um, I, I think there's just some better spots. Cool. Cool, 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 cool,
1: cool, cool. Dog is fine. We can stop talking about the Dolphins. Rams Steelers, over-under is 44. Steelers are plus three and a half at home. The Rams are six and two against the spread, five and three straight up. Steelers are five and three against the spread, four and four straight up. Rams are coming off a bye, and they seem to have finally turned a corner because they've won two in a row. But let's remember that those, those games were against the Falcons and Bengals. And the Rams do need this game, though. If you look at their division, they're in their divisions, the 49ers and Seahawks ahead of them. So they can't really afford to lose. This is nowhere near a letdown spot. I think the Rams need every game moving forward. And let's not forget they were in the Super Bowl last year. So they have pretty much the same team. It's like if they turn a corner, maybe they start winning games and winning them by a lot. They've won 10 of the last 11 games versus AFC teams. That's 7-3-1 uh, and and against the spread in those. And then coming off a bye under McVeigh, the Rams are 2-0 oh against the spread. Those two wins have been by 14 and 34 points. The problem is Tomlin as a underdog is also profitable, 31 and 17 against the spread. Both teams have a lot of question marks here. I think it's low scoring. Uh, I don't know if I can keep backing the Steelers, but it seems like that's something to do with Tomlin as a head coach, but I I would say they got lucky covering last week, so maybe this is the time to, to switch over to the Rams. How are you looking at this? I lean towards the Steelers, but this, uh, I would say I lean toward the Steelers because it seems like such a trap line. Yeah. Of minus three and a half, um, where, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about um, Vegas and what they basically get people to perceive. What they're in the business uh, of. And just being that extra
0: half point um, is basically just like, yeah. Obviously, everybody's going to take the Rams, so we might as well get them to take it with an extra half point here. Yep. Um, I don't like it either way. Um, this just seems like too risky of a spot.
1: Panthers Packers over under here is forty seven. Packers are minus five at home. This had some reverse line movement. It opened around minus six, but most of the money's on the Packers. But the line moved down to minus five, so not a not a huge move, but just. That means they probably got a few big bets on the Panthers. Panthers won and covered versus the Titans. McCaffrey is absolutely ridiculous. Every game he's got like two or three touchdowns and like 140-plus rushing yards and then just add the receiving yards he's getting. He's accounted for 43% of the Panthers' total yards, meaning they're just feeding him in the ball, and why not? And then uh, I think he should have another field day against the Packers' defense, giving up the 7th most rushing yards. Uh, Per game in the NFL, Cam's out for the rest of the year, so we got the Kyle Kyle Allen show for the Panthers. Uh, My problem with backing the Panthers is that the Packers just got worked in LA. They're coming home. This is a team that performs much better at home, and Rodgers is a type of guy who I'm sure he's just been eating at him. How well, how poor they performed against the the Chargers. So. You're at home where they're way better. I lean the Panthers. It's a lot of points. But I do think the the over is going to hit here. The Panthers games over the last four have averaged almost 60 points total. And then the over has hit in the last seven of these matchups between the Panthers and the Packers.
0: Yeah, I think this game in particular um, just seems very similar to Patriots Ravens last week or even Panthers 49ers the week before that, um, where it just seems like an unnecessary risk to take either of these teams. I would agree with you that i probably lean towards the Panthers if I had to. I think um, a lot of that, some of the value has already been missed. Um, I know you referenced like some of it opening at six. I saw some of them actually opened at seven. So, some of them have moved a point, some have moved two points. Um, It just seems like a weird spot. And especially, you know, just referencing the overs and things like that, um, it basically speaks to you five not being a lot um, if there's an expectation for a lot of points. Um, So, this is just going to be a stay away for me. Um, One thing that I thought was interesting was um, Rodgers in his post conference basically said the opposite of what I've been saying every week, which I found interesting, which I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, like, maybe we've got caught up in the hype too much. Yeah, And I was like, man, I was like literally the opposite of what I've said for nine weeks in a
1: row. So no play here? Yeah, nothing there. Sweet. Vikings, Cowboys, Battle of Testosterone. Cowboys are minus three. Over-under's forty-eight. Actions forty-three percent of the money on the Cowboys. Pretty similar records uh in terms of straight up and against the spread. The Vikings are coming off a tough loss versus the Chiefs. And uh they, they were perform they were doing well before that. That's when Thielen had that call out and then they had a number of good games, but they they struggled last week. They they yep. didn't run the ball as 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 successfully as you would expect versus a, a Chiefs defense that this season has not performed well against the run. And then this is before the 2019 season, but I just want to read off again some some cousin stats in primetime. He's 5-13 overall in primetime games. First winning teams, he's 4-24. Again, that was before this year. And then had a 12-23-2 road record. And in Monday Night Football was 0-7. And, and then career in primetime road games, he's 2-6-1 against the spread. So for me, it's like, do you believe that Cousins has turned the corner here this year, or is it going to be the same old story over again? He's had a few good games, but could he be coming back to earth with Thielen out and a number of uh, other injuries? It's just strange to see the Cowboys at home getting less than 50% of the money. They had a decent win versus the Giants, but I think the slow start is scaring some betters away, and maybe they're, they're thinking that they really didn't deserve to cover that game, but I think the Cowboys are going to start, keep clicking here. The Vikings are 2-3 and three against the spread uh, this year on the road, where the Cowboys are 3-1 and one against the spread at home. So I think you're getting a lot of value with, with the Cowboys minus 3 at home. The Cowboys are allowing the 7th fewest rushing yards per game over this past 3, so hypothetically they should be able to stop Dalvin. And the Vikings are 0-6 straight up and against the spread in their last 6 games as underdogs, so... I'm backing the Cowboys in this one. I'm um,
0: with you, 100%. I, I think they've looked too good. Um, I think they're probably better than their record indicates. Um, 436 yards per game, which is league leading. I, I just don't see the Vikings being able to keep up. Um, I think this is a spot that... I, I This is like kind of one of those, um, I, I don't know how much to put into it, but like as you mentioned, basically primetime games, uh, the Vikings have historically struggled, and so has Cousins. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if that's an anomaly or what, but it helps my argument. So um, I, I, I just don't see them be able to... Basically keep up. I, I do think the pay, sorry, Patriots. I do think the Cowboys are basically just going to put up a bunch of points, um, and it just seems like too difficult for the Vikings
1: to do it. Finally, Monday Night Football: Seahawks, 49ers, over under forty-seven. Forty percent of the money's on the 49ers, so about split here. 49ers eight and zero straight up. Seahawks seven and two straight up. I'm eventually going to be fading the Seahawks. I think this is a phony seven and two record. Uh, seen with their five and four against the spread record, it's like every win seems to be like by one point or an overtime. Their defense is not good. Uh, they keep getting pretty lucky, and then Russell Wilson is just like getting them out of every situation. So I want to back the Seahawks. I just I just can't start here. They're thirteen and two, uh, thirteen and two against the spread in their last fifteen night games as an underdog. They're eight and oh against the spread in their last eight games as underdogs. Overall, I just don't want to bet on Russell Wilson in prime time. And the 49ers have looked great. They didn't cover against the Cardinals, but that was a Thursday night game. So can't take too much out of that. I I can see them running the ball all over the Seahawks defense. Don't usually like betting the over in these type of uh, games that are solo and everyone's watching them, everyone's betting on them. But the total has gone over in 13 of the Seahawks' last 18 games. And Russell Wilson threw 378 yards last game. I just see him continually uh, putting up numbers here. They picked up Josh Gordon. Let's see if that means anything. Uh, but I, I just see a lot of points here. I don't see value on either side.
0: I'm with you. It seems too risky. yet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny that you mentioned, like, this is a 37-2 team. I think if you, like, asked an average individual what's the Seahawks record, they would not say 7-2, um, I would probably lean towards them, which is wild, I guess. Um, I mean, this is top two, bottom two situation, I'm not going to bet against the 49ers for 8-0 at this point. Um, it's just too risky of a spot. I, I could see it going either way, um, so I'm going to stay away from it.
1: Alright, those are all the games So like last week Gonna pause it here while Theo and I figure out What our final plays will be Last week, the Sweet Sweet Jam was uh, Home by Caribou Gonna let Theo take over the song selection This time, which I'm assuming is gonna be A heavy hitter So we'll see what that one is I'll put it in right now And then we'll be back in a second
0: And this gonna take courage No cow need dogs in a pound We don't want around. No love lost a found Don't do not Alright, what a slate.
1: What What a slate. slate. We talked. I'm gonna say Cowboys last. Well, I just said them first, but our picks here are Browns, who we aligned on, Jets, who we aligned on, I threw in Bengals, Theo threw in Falcons. And our final pick, which we also lined on, was Cowboys. So we have a pretty nasty-looking slate on paper, which I think means we probably have at least a 5 out of 5 here. Yeah, it looks like
0: 5 and one to me.
1: Browns, Jets, Cowboys, Bengals, Falcons. Now nah,
0: that's
1: it. All right, everyone get rest up, get healthy. We'll see you next week. Subscribe. Drink on... that Fiji. Yeah, drink that Fiji. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, write us a review if you're liking what you're hearing. If you follow those website picks and uh, we're making you money, let us know. Let the let the world know. All right, peace out. Later. Later.